back, back. What's that, Thursday? Thursday. This might be our first live Thursday, man. One half of the Man to Man pod, Darius Butler. Got my co-host, Antoine Bethay. What it do? We got a very, very special guest, man. My former teammate, big bro, OG, man, Dequel Jackson in the building. What up, BQ? I'm living, bro. How about y'all? Same, same. You already know slow motion, baby. Maintaining, maintaining, man. How you how you how you living out there in DC? Man, DC was uh DC is good right now, but it was it was a little scary a few months ago. I'm not gonna lie, man. But uh, yeah, good, family's good. You know, 2020 has been one of well, I know we're in 2021, but 2020 was hectic for a lot of folks, man. A lot of new adjustments and all that, and spending a lot of time at the house with the family, trying to figure out what's next. And but things yeah. are good. Things are good. I can't complain. Yeah, but yeah, nah, you you can't complain because you you uh I know Ken, your son, he ain't he ain't school age yet. Nah, so, we'll, we'll, you, we'll get there. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get there. So so it's up. funny. He's got one of those late birthdays, so you know we got to start him in you know pre K two and all that in the schools that where we live. I mean, we got a school up the street, a block up the street, one of the you know best private or best public schools in DC. But mm-hmm. you know for us. And for when my wife, she went to Howard, family went to Howard, you they know. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, it's it's loud and proud in this household. <laughs> you know, for us, it's important that that black experience, black education is a part of his education. So uh, we're looking at some private schools and, you know, we, we're not private school people, but I think it'd be best for him. There's more diversity, if you can believe it, here in DC. In I was about to say, I got diverse uh, private schools out there? Yeah, so here's yeah. the thing. The thing is, what I'm learning is with the private schools here, they they highlight what they spe- what what they're going to be emphasizing at the school. For instance, mm-hmm. uh, Sidwell, for instance, Sidwell is where the Obamas went to school, and a lot of government officials send their kids. It's one of the best private schools here in DC, but there they teach about every ethnic every ethnicity, every culture. And they dive into it. So, and it's an open forum. They include the parents. So that's something that we love. Yeah, we may have to pay for it. We don't know if that's going to be the route, but you know, it, it's 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 a new new life for us to actually have those conversations about school and and all that good stuff. Because King is our first child. So yeah, yeah. That's all. I think that's that's always a um, a conversation, especially when you have when you have children. Because I I'm pretty sure. 90% of the people, 95% of people that we know went to public school. Right. You know what I'm yep. saying? Right. So now when you're in a position where, you know, you can afford um, to give your child that privilege of going to a private school, um, that's definitely right. a, a discussion that, you know, we have like, yo, like, you know, we went to a public school, we came out fine, um, we was able to right. excel, you know what I mean? Right, and but, that's the thing. That, that's the thing. So we're, we're both public school people. You know, yeah, but, yeah. you know, we worked hard to get to where we are and we have to do a little bit more parenting because he's going to grow up a privileged little black kid. Right. right. And how do I implement, you know, how does he know? OK, it's, it's always going to be a challenge. Right. But yeah, yeah. family and my family, listen, the black experience, the black education is going to be there. You know, we got yeah. we read yeah. them every night. We that is black faces on these books and. You know, it's, we're doing everything intentionally that we can so he understands, like, who we are and be proud for, for who he is and his culture and what his, what his past, what our past has been and where we're headed in the future. 
So it's very yeah, important. Yeah. Nah, absolutely. And also let them know it's important to know she ain't nothing wrong with being a, you know, a privileged black kid. You know what I right. mean? Because a lot of people, um, you know, go in a different situation and kind of look down upon in some different place. Like, oh, you, you, you're a little booze. You talk a little different. You act a little different. So um, definitely a balance, um, right. you know, as a parent, raising kids in situations and circumstances that you uh, didn't grow up in. So um, but shout out to that, man. That's obviously bigger than anything else we'll do. But um, what you been up to, I guess, uh, since, you know, since football, obviously football is a big part of your life, but uh, since football been done, I know we all, you know, finding our way. So uh, what you been up to? I know I saw you on TV doing some things. I saw you um, yeah. doing some business things. Uh, so what you got going on? So right now, I mean, again, 2020 was like a wash, you know, in a lot of aspects. But, you know, when I was done, my last season was 2016. 2017, I get married, have my son 2018, and then I traveled that year, but then it really hit me. It's like 2019 came around. I was like, what, what am I gonna do? You know yeah. what I mean? I think a lot of guys who making that transition, you struggle with, you know, because you've been the best at what you've been doing forever. You you love doing what you've been doing and you wanted to work hard to continue to do it. And now that's all taken away. So for me, yeah. it was Okay, I looked at it as now I have the opportunity to dive into all the things that I couldn't because of my schedule playing the National Football League. So as you alluded to, I did an internship uh, with a guy named Sean Williams in Boston, met with VC companies just to, you know, you always hear this rhetoric about how former athletes can um, can add value to these companies and so forth. And I learned a ton of ton there. Um, um, I covered the. I worked locally here for NBC Sports Washington, covering the skins. That was cool. Hello, I don't, I don't mean to cut. I don't want to mean to cut you. I want to pause you there though, because I think you just yeah. said something. You said something big there. You talked <laughs> about the value that athletes bring um, to companies. You know, on the other side, uh, what obviously you know you've been in the trenches. You team captain. You know, middle linebacker. You know, always kind of been in that leadership role. What are some, uh, you know, transferable skills, you know, for the players that's listening now that may still be playing and may be done. And like you said, trying to find their way. What's the transferable skills from like that football field in that locker room, been in that meet room, all that stuff. And now being on the, the business side. Yeah, it's a great question. I think communication. I think mm -hmm. we all know playing the position that I played and your position. We always communicate. Being a great communicator is one. Because as you alluded to, we've both been captains on our teams. We've had to communicate and make the most intelligent decision like that, you yeah. know. And yeah. I think just, just overall, for us to make it to the elite level, it takes an enormous amount of sacrifice, commitment, and dedication. And uh, I think that's the value that some of these top VC firms and companies look at former athletes, especially mm -hmm. someone had a a career, if you will. Uh, and I think that's that's the number one thing I took away from it. Obviously, you, you learn a lot of other aspects of business and what have you, but the number one driving force for me that was eye-opening was the fact that they recognized the hard work that was put in to get to that point. Yeah, this wasn't yeah. something that was done over a two or three or four year span. This was something that you built from you know youth or high school and college and so forth. So I think that was the biggest takeaway for me, that was eye-opening that I was like, okay, I can actually work in this bit. That's value for me here because yeah, you know yeah. as I do, man. Being a former athlete, as good as it is to have that title, when you're done playing, when you don't have that title and you're trying to position yourself and 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 you know, 
whether it be through uh, career, whatever the case, people kind of look at you funny, like you want to take the easiest route, but it's not yeah. the case. I think that was that was the most eye opening experience for me. Question: Another another question for you. Um, I know we talk about on the show a lot of times where we feel as though you know what I mean we wish we would have done it earlier. You know what I mean? Wish we would have yeah. done it. You know what I mean? Early in our career, we just try to get a you know the young guys that look if you can do it while you win the league and you just kind of mentioned it uh, just now as far as it's it rings a little different. You know what I mean? Uh, player yeah, versus a lot different. player. You know what I mean? It just rings right. different. Um, right. for you. Um, what were some of the things like, you know, when you were playing, even though we know you had to put 100% into your craft, what, what were some of the things you tapped into or do you wish that you would have tapped into while you were playing? Yeah, I wish I would have tapped into this from the minute I stepped into the league because I was the type of guy, I was a one-trick pony. Be better to tell you, I was only, <laughs> when the football season was around, only focused on football, bro. And when the season yeah. was over, I was so regimented, I would travel for a month and I was right back. Here in DC, training with Myron Flowers. Like I wouldn't deviate from that. If there yeah, was an opportunity yeah. to go intern someplace, I wouldn't do it. Because I guess in my mind, I knew what I was good at. This was my nest egg. And there was nothing wrong with that. But in my sight, looking back, I wish I would have started a lot earlier, man, because now you have the the that uh NFL tag on your on your yeah. on your back. And now you doors that normally you can't open when you're four or five years out of the league if you haven't been connected. So what I would encourage any young player that's in the league sports-wise, whether it be football, NBA, or whatever the case, tap into those those circles right now because when you're done, it makes it a lot easier to transition into that business life because you've already yeah. been with those people. And it's not like starting from, from scratch. You, you, you know, you, the finish line is, listen, we're going to be in the workforce for another 30-some-odd years. You know, mm -hmm. and, and it's a shame for you not to take advantage of those relationships now while you have the chance to when everyone sees your face and everyone knows who you are when you step on that field or, or court or whatever sport you're playing. That's a great yeah, question. For sure. And you can start at a higher point. You know what I mean? You're not learning it from right. ground zero once you are done. But, um, right. you know, it, but like you said, though, it's definitely always a balance, though, because mm -hmm. um, I don't think everybody can do that. You know what I mean? I don't think everybody right. can. That was can my Yeah. Yeah, everybody can't do the football and the business, you know. But at what point in your career, uh, you played – how many? You played 12? 11. 11. 11. Okay, you played 11 years. So at what point in your 11-year career did you feel like you yeah. could have, okay, I got this football thing. I know the training thing. You know, every offseason is different. If you're dealing with injuries and stuff like that. Obviously, you, you was in right. the trenches. So at right. what point did you feel like, all right, you know, maybe after year four or five or you signed that second deal, all right, now I can start doing – if you could go back, what would be that year you say, okay, I, I could have got into this at that point? Right. So, for me, yeah, for me, it was year eight when I realized, like, okay, I need to start, like, uh, you know, prepping those relationships. So, when I'm done, so I won't just start from scratch. But I wish I would have started. I mean, it should have started a long time. And I was being pushed. Like, I had a great agency. They would push me all the time. Hey, what are you into? Let's try this. You know, mm -hmm. not this year, this next year. But I, in the back of my mind, I was afraid, I'll be honest. Yeah. I was afraid to do yeah. anything that wasn't what I was really good at. And that and was You football. got your financial advisor telling you, hey man, you good, you got this over yeah, here, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, like you talk, it's a balance, man. It's like, okay, you got this, you prepared yourself to make, you know, if you make X amount of dollars, then you can live the rest of your life comfortably. And once you get to that point, it's like, okay, you still wanna push yourself, right? And, and it's funny. 
So when I moved into this new house I'm in, right? I moved in about three years ago. Uh, one of my neighbors, you know, guy, nosy guy, right? He, I was doing some stuff outside and he asked me, he was like, yeah, then you, we started talking a little bit. Then you playing the national football? Like, yeah, yeah, I did. He was like, uh, and we started talking about like work stuff. And he's in commercial real estate or what have you. And I was like, uh, you know, he flat out asked me, bold, bold as hell to ask me. He was like, do you have to work? I was like, what? I was like, let me, let me tell you something. I was like, you can't just turn that switch off. When, you, when you've worked and sacrificed so hard to get to this elite level, it's hard yeah, to get yeah. that, that overachieving attitude right. off. You know what I mean? So you, got like, competitive, you still got no competitive juices. You, got, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's hard to turn that off. So I was like, listen, it doesn't matter how much I can have. I'll say Bill Gates still works. So I was like, listen, that's, I appreciate your honesty, but yes, for a guy like myself, yes, I still need to get out there in the workforce and, and feel good about something I'm doing. Let's face it, because yeah. talk about it. I got a son right now, but you know, hopefully we have more children, which I'm confident we will. But I don't want my kids walking downstairs and asking me, hey, dad, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know what I mean? Like, because they see me at home all the time. You know what yeah. I mean? That, that to me is that that's unacceptable to be a to, to come from where I come from and to make it to where I've made it and to provide for my family the way I can. I'm able to provide through blessings and hard work and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. I need to pass that on, that same work ethic to my kids. And I can't do that sitting at home. You know, nah, that place. Now that's real. That's real. We. Uh, it's funny. I was having this conversation with my boys um this past weekend, and um just talking about legacy, man, and just leaving that legacy, and mm-hmm. just the little things that we do. You know, having children, they watch every. They watch our every move. You know what I mean. So to be able to take, you know, that take your take your kid to work day. That was that was that's some real shit. You know what I'm saying? Where these kids can see, like, yo, this is what my mom and dad do for a living. You know what right. I mean? Like, yo, now it opens their eyes to be like, man, I can do this. I can do that. So, again, like you said, Mike, for us to be in that that position and, and, and play that role, play that provider role, um, that that that's <clears> – <throat> That that's 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 yeah. that's some strength. That's a lot that, of shit that 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 goes along with that. And I right. think the less the lessons that are taught within that too, because I know with my kids, and this was something that even my mom um, is still at a young age, just how um, being able to be an entrepreneur and, and to start your own stuff or to be right. in that you know producer type role and not the consumer right. role or not just trying to you know get by or or whatever that is, but being in a position where you can okay. Look, this is how you can create jobs for other people. This is how you can give back. This is how you can do this. And maybe you may not have to get up and work 10 hours a day, but they see that. They see that grind. That's going to be, that's going to be, they're going to watch everything you do. They're not going to listen to half of what you say. Just let you know now. He probably listened to what you're saying now. <laughs> they go, the older they get, they listen less and less, but they, they, they watch um, yeah. you know, more and more. So that joint is important. But I want to ask you that same question, AB, because I know. Um, obviously you're a businessman, you got you got some things going on, already had things going on. Yeah. Um, you know, when you were still playing, like at what point did that switch for you? Uh that you saw yourself, you know, more as a than a football player and as you know, as a businessman. Man, um I would say around <clears throat> around like seven or eight. You know, I think when I got mm-hmm. my the my the first transition for me was when I got the second deal and I um 
and I started my foundation. You know what I mean? So that mm-hmm. was kind of like my first thing where I was like, okay, um, something outside of football, something outside of football, something I could um, bring to the community and, and help people. Um, the only regret that I had that I, I also jumped into was uh, started a little um, record label. And that's oh, the yeah, only talked about that. Talked <laughs> about that. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And so, so I took that at the time I took it as an L, but now I'm looking back on it. It was definitely a lesson learned. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So just being able to, before I start whatever I'm doing, you know, going down, doing my due diligence and researching. So, um, so now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm able to, you know, read contracts. Don't necessarily have to give it to somebody and say, Hey, look, tell me what, Tell me what they re- tell me. Tell me what this says. You know what I mean. So mm-hmm. now I can sit down. I can read over. I can understand the language in these contracts and just you know um have that dialogue with whoever I, it is that I'm talking to, man. So um obviously you know I think at one point you know I was a little nervous too. Like you know I could sit down and talk football with you with anybody. Anybody. You know what yeah. I mean I can I can sit down and talk football with anybody. But at times you know when it came to business I was a little hesitant. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was hesitant. Um, even in my mind, I'm like, yo, I know what I'm talking about because some things is common sense. You know what I mean? But it was right. like, you know, I just don't want to come off sounding like I'm crazy. But now I just yeah. feel the more that I've done it, um, I'm confident. Um, I can speak. Um, I can speak, you know. Uh, the language. The I can speak the language, basically. That, that's, that's, that's really all it is. Yeah. That's really all it is. is um, Damn, yeah, that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. So learning that. And, and I think that holds a lot of us back, too, um, mm-hmm. because we are in a position where, you know, you world class athletes, you know, you do. You've done something at such a high level for so long, you know, from the high school, college. And you've been in this position. So now when you're in a position, you got to ask questions and you, you mm-hmm. may not want to look stupid. It may be a pride thing. It might be something like I know a lot of us like I had no idea how money really worked. You know what I mean? Like coming in, like we get, you get, you can get the million. It's easy to make money if you're good at something, but keeping mm-hmm. it and actually growing it, like that's a whole nother language. You know what I mean? So um, being able to you know, humble yourself in a sense to ask those questions and learn, I think is important. Like you said, I know you're, you're able to read contracts and stuff like that, but I know also you still got a lawyer that goes yeah. over that and even the importance of having a lawyer. I know DQ, I know your wife is a lawyer. And um, the importance of having a lawyer in that specific field. You know, a lot of us don't understand how important that is because I had yeah. a lawyer tell me, hey, you either going to pay us on the front end or you going to pay us on the back end when you're trying to fix <laughs> shit on the back end. So that all paid them on the front end. It's funny. You know, you, you made me uh, think about a point probably about this was after I signed my second deal in Cleveland. I was uh, with my – she wasn't my wife at the time, but she was my girlfriend mm-hmm. at the time. And we went to um, there was a we went to Turks and Caicos for a wedding. Her best friend was getting married. And during that weekend, her father set up a round of golf, you know, and so I was his, I was paired with him and I knew a little bit about him, but not enough. Um, and we started hitting the golf club and, you know, and you know how it is. If you ever been golfing, that's when you try to solve the world's problems. Right. So yeah. this guy's just grilling black dude right he's grilling mm-hmm. about financial stuff and i'm like i couldn't answer half of these questions yeah and he was like you know what and i was honest with him i felt you know i felt comfortable enough to be honest with him he's like you know That's what, what I got golf course do to you yeah i got some people i want you to meet when you get back to dc and come to find out um this friend's father was 
you know, he makes us look like, let's put it like this. He's been uber successful in the tech world, right? Mm -hmm. And he wanted me to have a meeting with his money managers, the people that took care of his money. And we had a meeting and luckily for me, they brought me on as a client and I'm the only athlete they represent. And I mean, listen, from the time, the time before them and the time yeah. after them has been two different decoils, bro. Like before I had no oh, idea. Yeah. I was just making money. I didn't know how money worked. I didn't know how to save it, how to position it, how to do any of that stuff. I had no financial literacy whatsoever. Getting with this company, they've taught me so much about how money works and how to stay in, you know, just involved. And uh, it's been probably one of the bigger blessings in my life, man. After the fact that not only do we make the money, we hold on to it and have that money make money for us. So it was a blessing in disguise. And again, he's my mentor to this day. We were I, I took him out to dinner last last weekend. So he's a guy that's really dear to my heart. And, you know, it's he was plant, paying it for. He's an Alabama guy. His, his, his daughter went to Spelman. So they're all about keeping this thing strong, man. Yeah. And then another thing we talk about. Having good people in your corner, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Having good people behind you, you know what I mean. That's 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 mm-hmm. very important because, as we all know, you know we it's vultures out here. They see, uh, um, they see a, a young brother that got a lot of money, like you right. said, not that not that tuned in onto like the financial literacy aspect and right. take advantage of them. So, um, being able to have, yeah, yeah, being able to have good people in your corner and actually want to see you do well, man. That 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 helps. That helps a lot, man. So salute the, to that brother. Just Great. even like you said, paying it forward to you. Yeah, yeah. that, that kind of we had Mikey Taylor on here, uh, big time skater, and he talked about uh old head who was in his corner and taught him the game early about money. And he was a big, he you know he had his own uh, shoes and boards and stuff like that. But now he on what's his name? Uh, Commune Capital. Commune Capital. Is, uh, yeah. yeah, he's doing his thing. So um right. so important, man. But I mean the simplest in simplest terms, if it's any young, young, you know, men, young ladies watching this, just some advice that I give you. I know, you know, the OGs probably got something too, but um it's it, I would say more important to understand how to invest your money than even to save it. Um because right. growing up, I know all I heard was, you know, be debt free, be debt free. Um, save your money, save your money. And uh, when you're around and you're making a certain amount of money, that's probably is the best thing to do. But when you are giving lump sums of money early in your life, um, the best thing to do is make wise investments and then let time do its thing with that. That's what I would tell my younger self coming into money. Um, so that's what I tell young guys. Just learn how to invest it. And it ain't rocket science. You don't got to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to invest in somebody's new great idea. Invest in something that's been working for 10, 20, 50 years and let it keep working. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, that'd be my two cents. But uh, unless y'all got anything else on that, you can jump to this football stuff and your story, man. Get the, get the backdrop. I'll say one thing, man. Ask questions. You have to. You Ask have questions, to. man. I think that's one of the biggest things. And it's crazy. I, I didn't even take my own advice. So when I used to be in the meeting room, and I was the sixth, seventh year vet, right? And I would tell the young guys, yo, ask questions, man. If you got questions, ask questions. Right. But when I would get out of the building and I would be in these different rooms, 
I want to ask questions. You know what I'm saying? I will be that rookie. I'll be that rookie. I'll be taking notes, but I'll be like, damn, I should ask this. But then if I ask, they're going to be like, man, damn fool over here. Yeah. But I would say that would be the one thing I would say, man, just regardless of whatever room you're in, regardless of how uncomfortable you feel, ask those questions, man. Ask those questions. Yeah. I think you hit on it, man, having that good support system. You know, you got to have a good support system that 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 makes sure you have a good checks and balances. Not not the people that's going to tell you what you want to hear, but the people that tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. It's not all good. And those are the people that are going to keep you straight and narrow and going to help you make the right decisions when those decisions come up. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So let's get into DQ story to Quill, man. Uh, first of all, your background, where you from? How did you how did you find uh obviously football gave you a lot of things, but how did you find find football? I was a badass kid. That's how I found <laughs> I was a rambunctious kid, breaking everything, just I had I was high energy, and my mom was like, I gotta I, she couldn't contain me. So my uncle mm-hmm. stepped in and was like, now nah, let's put his ass in football. You know, he was a military guy, and the from the first moment. I was probably six years old from the first moment he introduced me to it. I knew that was my love, man. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I was able to 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 do what I wanted. So for me, it was I get to run into people. I always played linebacker. I played linebacker and I played quarterback. So for me, it was it was. You said you know, linebacker and what? And quarterback, bro. Oh, oh shit! Don't get it twisted, bro. Don't get it twisted, bro. Don't get it twisted. So, so yeah, man. So I played all through literally from the age of seven up until right before high school. I was linebacker. I was quarterback. So, mm-hmm. but for me, man, it was, you know, I love it. I was that kid that before game day, I would lay out all my, all my game day uniform, lay it out, try it on six or seven times. You know, and I loved it, bro. I just absolutely loved it. But I'm from a small town in Florida, Largo, Florida. It's uh, North Northern where you North of where you're, where you are, D. But, yep. but uh, yep. way of life, man. It was we used to play before the school bus picked us up in the morning. I got on my school clothes and school shoes, and we would be sweating before we get on the bus. You know, kill a kid. You know what I mean? On concrete, yeah. on pavement. You know what I mean? So it was that was the the environment I grew up in. Everyone from my uncles to to their family, all the men played football. So it was only right that I stepped into it. But you know. It's funny, you don't know how good you are. You always had people telling you, oh, you can do this, you can do that. You stay focused, you stay focused. And for me, it was it was easy. It was easy for me, man, just to go out there and stay committed to it. But uh, um, it was a journey, though. I can tell you that. It was a journey, man. Getting to high school, I went to a predominantly all-white white school, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I met a lot of great people there. But um, it was challenging, you know, to the point you made earlier, it'd be about not asking questions and I was real shy as a yeah. kid. I was very reserved, didn't want to talk too much because I was afraid people may not understand me. And I so you were, I you were shy, but I'm assuming popular because you were yeah so that athlete. was that was the that was the confusing part on the field. Everyone knew who I was. But then outside of the field I was this reserved little clam little shell of of myself man and yeah I yeah. I struggled with that. I struggled with that up until I got to college, man. And that's when it really hit home. Some of my good buddies now, Dominique Foxworth, I never forget the first time I met him, I hated this dude. I'm like, man, I can't stand this dude, man. Because yeah. he couldn't, 
and no one could understand my Florida accent. You know, yeah. going down to Maryland and DC. It was like, man, what the what are you talking about? We don't yeah. talk like that. What you I felt like a, I felt like an outsider, man. But yeah. uh, you know what? It was a it was a blessing and a curse in the same same breath, man. Uh I loved it, loved my experience there. Had a great, uh, great experiences on and off the field. It taught me a lot about leaving this small little pocket in Florida where everyone did the same thing. Everyone, you know, you didn't step outside of what these people in Largo did. And for me to go to Maryland and see this, go to this big metropolitan area and go to Howard and see the black pride and love and just all the black people doing well in this environment. I knew right there, I was like, you know what? I'm going to raise a family here, bro. I'm never leaving this yeah. place. Because it, it, it it, it, and, and so many ways, it forced you to be better than who you were, man. But I know I'm getting off topic here. You asked me about No, nah, no, nah, you're good. That was a part of my maturation as a, as a young man, is I'm glad I left Florida. Because mm -hmm. I had an opportunity to go to the University of Florida to play, but it was like a fifth year high school for me, man. It was like all my my... College, you know, high school folks was went that, there. That was the closest. That was the closest big school. Yeah, so it was like it was divided, right? It was Florida State and University of Florida, and all of the the top academic folks at my high school they went to U University of Florida, and I wanted to go to Florida State, and they never offered me, and I was pissed about it, and you know I had a decent amount of offers, but the only place I wanted to go, bro, was Florida State, man, because the legacy of Derrick Brooks and the winning and Deion, Deion Sanders and all that. So That's were, you, were you were you like a were you a big time recruit? Like what on what like what kind of? Because I, I was I was a small I was two star. I yeah, know, I was, uh, a, a B kind of flew under the radar. Yeah, no star. <laughs> no, so what what was like your recruit? Barely Howard days. Oh yeah, we, hey, we definitely gonna get that. I was like three star, three star, like bro. Okay. You know, like. I had enough attention, but it wasn't enough for me to validate. Like I felt like I was, I I fell short because Florida State didn't offer me. You know yeah. what I mean? For reason, but uh, um, I used it as fuel, man. I got to Maryland, uh, you know, had a great time there, playing some good ball, and I, I realized in the off season. So this is when it really got written. The off season, we would do, we would have seven on seven. Yeah, I'm about to bring it up, AB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those schools. And Howard was one of those schools that anytime, like, I think towards the, y'all, I remember y'all coming to us the first time. Yeah. Yep. And I remember D, but if you can envision this, bro, this was like a, like a tournament between two, two, two schools, but bro, like it was intense. I had no idea. My freshman year, I'm like, all right, we're Maryland. We're supposed to be, okay, this is how we're supposed to win. We're supposed to get yeah. after these. Nah, bro. Nah, these these do all these dudes can play. You hear me? And a lot of the guys on Maryland squad knew about the guys that played at Howard. Either they were from mm -hmm. the same area, went to high school together. Like it was, bro. This was the most intense seven on seven I've ever been a part. <laughs> yeah. So you got wait. So so wait. What what year? What year did y'all come out? Of, did y'all come out of high school the same year? Yeah, I came. Uh, yeah, yeah, two thousand two. Two L two. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so y'all yeah. both same high school class. Okay, so y'all both there. Yeah, I gotta hear about yeah. this, man. I didn't nah, get that. <laughs> it was right. crazy because it was because I our strength our strength conditioning coaches would set them up because I think it was mm -hmm. like it was us, it was Maryland, it was Townsend, I think yeah. I think Bowie. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I know we played Georgetown one year too when they when they finally got a team. Yep. But for us, I think it was it was more so on the fact that yo we about to go up here to Maryland is right up the road. Yeah, we right. about to we about to we about to show these cats like yo like if it wasn't for the O line and D line we can we, we rock with y'all boys. You know what I'm saying? And, and like and how DQ was saying, he was like, no, there's a lot of people that already knew of people. You know what I'm saying? That that played mm-hmm. against each other in high school. So our whole mentality was, yo, we about to get these get in these cars. <laughs> we're gonna go up there and we're gonna try to bust their ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's what it was. They used to butt, they used to bust our ass. We used to bust it, but bro, all I remember is like our strength coach and I could like listen, we don't want no we don't want no BS out there, right? Nobody like, I just remember it was it would get to the point where you about to fight, bro. Yeah. Like that intense. It was that intense. If somebody go up for you know, I receiver go up for a pad. Somebody might undercut them or do something. Yeah. Like, it was serious, but them boys could play, man. They could all play, all of them. And it was serious, bro. It was, I, that's what I remember, bro. That was some of the best moments. Yeah, uh, no question. As far as, like, you know, competition. Because you know what your guys are on your team can do. But it was another yeah. story when them boys from D.C. came in town. Like, you had to come correct. And just so you yeah, know, right. we, we talked about it. Like, we used to get up for that. Like, yeah. Bowie was cool, but now nah, Howard was like, nah, we gotta, we gotta come correct, man. We make sure, take care of all your soft tissue injuries. Okay. So when we get ready to scrib it, we all come point. point. Another thing that was so dope about it, I think when we came up there, or when y'all came to, we, we implemented O-line and D-line. So, yeah. you know, they had like, the, they was flipping the tires, and yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, I think that was before we did the 7-on-7, seven seven, so just to be able to see the big boys go at it, you know what I mean? And then obviously once we got on there, we laced it up. It mm-hmm. was, you know what I mean? You had, you know, you had Vernon over there, you know, you yeah. had Fox, you know what I'm saying? So it was, it was, you had some, you had some guys over there in DQ. So man, that's one of the things like me and my guys, we talk about it to this day. It was like, damn, like them seven on sevens, man. Like it was, it was yeah, a it beautiful was, thing. I used to love going to Howard cause you know, they would always, so this is the crazy thing about my four years in Maryland, they would always schedule an away game during Howard Homecoming. homecoming. So I never experienced a Howard Homecoming. <laughs> wow, I was that like, that's man. gross. Every time you got the schedule, everybody looking like, okay, when Howard Homecoming, uh, we got a away game. Somehow, some way, so when we would go up there for the offseason and, and scrimmage, like that was the first time we, I was going in D.C. Like, yeah. every, but I don't know if you've ever been to Howard, bro. But like Howard sits in the nah, middle. Of- I've never been there. I I, I still haven't experienced homecoming either. I'm probably too, I'm too old middle- now. But nah, you're never too old for Howard homecoming experience, <laughs> bro. Never, never, never too old. I'm going yeah. every year live, bro. When, when is it? When is it? It's normally like the end of October, like the middle of the end of October. Mm-hmm. Okay. We were, well, not this past year because of COVID, but I've been up there ever since I've been living because. Wifey's, you know, her, 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 both her parents are Howard grads. They sit on different boards. And her dad lives in North Carolina. And every year, because of his health has taken a turn, every year he was healthy to come, he was there. Every year. Mm-hmm. Every year he was there. They had stuff. They, Howard has things for the – Every age group. Every age group. Every age group. All right. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be in the 35-plus group this year. You come with, yeah, you coming with me, bro? Yeah, I'm, I'm at the big kids' table. Mm-hmm. But oh, it was love, though, man. 
it was, it was definitely college was definitely an experience that you know you you, you can't get that back man it was definitely one um it was great memories man great memories yeah. Yeah. Sure. So I want to add, like, I know you kind of touched on it, but from Florida, uh, you said Florida, Florida State. Like, so how, like, how did Maryland become that place mm. for you? You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, Mike Loxley. Okay. Mike Loxley, who's the current, the now uh, head coach of Maryland uh, football right now. Mm. He came in early. He was, he was the first guy in the first team school to offer me a scholarship. And he stayed connected, AB. He, yeah. he he didn't try to sell me on something, bro. Yeah. Like everybody else in that during that process, they try to sell you on this, try to sell you on that. He wanted to get to know me, but not only me, he wanted to know my my grandparents who I was living with and yeah. the people that was my support system. He got in good with them and and it made me feel like if I were to leave Florida and go someplace else, I would be in good hands, regardless of what the school was. You know what I mean? If blocks would have mm-hmm. been at Whomever, wherever school, there was a good chance I probably would have been there. But yeah. for me, it was once once I got over the hype of uh, just the football side, like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm going to be there for four years, earn a degree. Mm-hmm. It's probably, I'll probably meet my wife there. I probably, probably a good chance I might live in that city. Then yep. I started thinking about what's best for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my family, they really didn't like it. You know, because one, they couldn't afford to come see me play, which I get now. Uh, And two, you know, growing up in this small town where everyone was either Florida, Florida State fan, I felt the pressure of 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 because they never offered me that I would that I underachieve in their eyes, that I let them down. You know what I mean? Which was tough. But uh, Loxley, again, man, he stepped in from day one at the time. E.J. Henderson, who was a Buckus Award winner at linebacker position I was playing he was here so I had a year to play underneath him and then in my mind I could play my I could be a starter if everything worked out my sophomore year so and they were coming off of uh, uh, the Orange Bowl where they got yeah. smashed by Florida and they had won 10 games and Maryland was starting to I feel like in my mind starting to make that next transition to being mm-hmm. a basketball school but the football school could play a little bit too so yeah. it, it all worked out. And, you know, when I got here on my visit, I met, you know, Foxworth and 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 um, uh, Denard, uh, all these guys that were they, they they treated me like I was a little brother. Yeah. And it, it made me feel like, man, if you come here, they say they need you. If they need you, then you know what? Come on, we take care of you. And it was just something about. The whole area, man. They 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 gave me facts about the area, and yeah. again, I can't say this enough. But um, the amount of um, at the time, you know, and I don't know what the numbers are now, but PG County was at one point where the most affluent black families black were living in the entire sure. country. Yeah. So you know, once you see all of that, and you see the way people, you know, just kind of communicated, it felt like a brotherhood to me. It was easy. You know, is that and, where Bowie is? What's that? PG County is Bowie in PG County. Where's Bowie? Is Bowie uh, um, considered PG County? I don't know. It's PG Montgomery. It's 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 somewhere up there. I remember that was life changed because one of my OGs in the league was Lee By. Yeah, and yeah. You know, still still holler at Lee to this day. 
And I think that's where he stayed at the time was Bowie. Mm -hmm. And like I'm seeing for the first time in my life, that was like the first time I seen like a, a wealthy black neighborhood. Like yeah. everybody yeah. in the neighborhood was black, big yeah. ass houses on the like big yards. I'm like, yeah, shit. Oh, man, I might have to move out here. And I never could see myself leaving nah. Florida, but just seeing that, like I was right. like, wow, like and that was beyond like football. Like, you know, I'm like, this is this is but for like, having your neighbor be a doctor and a dentist yeah. and a and and I be trying to tell the people now, like like you have to you have to help these youngins see and vision what's possible for them. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of a lot of a lot of folks that come out out our community, man, all they see is what's in their box. You know what I mean? So they don't know what's available out there to them. So to be able to go to Howard and then you know I'm coming from Newport News, Virginia, and then you you know somebody say like oh. You know, my mom and dad is a doctor, a lawyer. Mm -hmm. um, they, they houses are, yeah. it's a 9,000 square foot house or whatever. Yeah. Like, for real, like people living like that. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, what happened to me, man, was like, yeah. you know, and once I got here, once I got to Maryland, you know, I couldn't afford to fly back home for like Thanksgiving and holidays or what have you if we had time off. I would go to a buddy's house that had both parents. They got a nice house and mm -hmm. they, they cook good well. And it was like, man, like I, I just love everything about this, this, this city, this environment, man. It's it's infectious. And to your yeah. point, it was like, I realized if I would have stayed in Florida, things would have worked out. I'm not saying that, but I'm so glad that I made that decision to 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 come here. And Mike Loxley had a lot to do with it. Um, you know, just the way he recruited me. And we're still good friends to this day. You know, he's from the area, now head coach at Maryland. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's been, I, I, I could say the decision, that was one of the hardest decisions I ever had to make because it, it kind of, you know, springboards the, the, the rest of your life. You yeah. know, and even, even before I bought a place here in 2012, I was going from, in the off season, I was training in every different place, right? I didn't own a house other than in the city where I was playing in Cleveland at the time. But, uh, uh, decided to pull that trigger, buy a place here, and the rest has been history, man. Uh, met my wife here. Like I said, her family legacy is, is great, and it's all Howard, you know, stimulated and what have you. And mm -hmm. uh, it's, been, it's been it's been a blessing, man. I, I honestly say I have a great support system, and the people that I've um, befriended here has just been uh, been great for me. That's dope, man. That's dope. Like uh, like Fred Taylor always say. Another one of my OGs on uh, on the I Am Athlete podcast. You always say um, exposure leads to expansion. Yeah, like basically, you know, you got to see it to be able to see. All right, I can I can achieve this. I can be up in here, but um, yeah, that's dope, man. That's dope. So um, going going from Maryland. So your mm -hmm. career. So you so you were three years started at Maryland then. Yeah, three so you said by AJ for one year. So three three years. Started. So going into that draft part, going into your last year, matter of fact, how was that going into your last year of college and then going into that draft process? How did that work out for you? Nerve-wracking, man, because you didn't have the social media. You didn't have, like, you filed that petition to the NFL. You get your results back. And, you know, it was it was nerve-wracking, man. Like, everything I did was, like, I was – I wasn't the same. I wasn't the same mm -hmm. player, man. But, I, you know, once, a, once a, you know, leading up to the um, – to the season, but you know, you put all this pressure on yourself. You know, I was one of uh, two people in my family to go to college. That was, you know, one thing I had to deal with. And then, mm -hmm. you know, people are telling me, people were watching the game saying like, man, you're gonna make a lot of money. You're gonna do this, you're gonna do that. But they don't know, it's like, I gotta stay healthy. 
I yeah. can't get hurt. I can't lose this this stock where mm-hmm. I am, my status uh, in the draft. So it was nerve wracking, man. And uh, for me, um, I was coming off of uh, I broke my wrist my junior year before, probably like either like right as the season started, power cleaning. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. I elected not to get surgery. So I just had to wrap it up and you know like some old barbaric type shit, man. Like it, yeah. it was, yeah. you know, we all done. <laughs> Played the whole season, was fine. Then I got it fixed after the season because in my mind, I was planning on, before my junior year, I was planning on leaving. If I after had a good year. After my junior year, I'm like, listen, I don't care if I if they tell me the first four rounds, I'm leaving. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I was trying to provide for my family. And yeah. it didn't happen that way. So senior year comes around and now, you know, all the pressures on. It was, it was, it was rough, man, but I got through it. I got through yeah. it. I spent a lot of late night phone calls with him and other people just trying to deal. And it was in a space that they they had no idea. They had never gone through that type of pressure and yeah. stress. I mean, for me, it was pressure and stress, mm-hmm. you know, but, uh, got through it, ended up, um, you know, I wasn't the fast guy. So I get to the combine, I run a four seven. You know, mm-hmm. that was the fastest I could ever run, you know, and I knew. So you you was happy with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was electronic. <laughs> absolutely. That was electronic. So hand time, I know somebody caught me at a full six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did you run again at your pro day? Or you like, nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. Nope. I was like, my agent, I said, listen, I'm going to work my tail off. I'm going to run at the combine. If I break four seven, anything, I'm not running at my pro day. I'm going to take a little quick trip. And I would come back, and all I did was drills at the pro day. Man. I was like, yeah, I, I, it was smart move. <laughs> it was too smart stressful because I knew my film told the story. Like I played faster than this straight line forty yard sprint. So uh, end up getting drafted. What thirty fourth overall to Cleveland? And you know what's funny? Uh, okay, shit, I'm done in first round. Yeah. So so, so after the season, right? Uh, you have trip. I had trips lined up to go to. Yeah, I went to Tennessee. And I went to where did I go? Tennessee, Cleveland. Uh, I think just Tennessee and Cleveland. And so they give you this like I have a great trip. They give you these like to go bags with like t shirts and hats and all that. So yep. I would give it to yep. the family. So what's funny is I get to Cleveland, and at the time I'm looking at the the you know the draft order. Cleveland. I'm thinking I'm going anywhere from late first to early second. Cleveland mm-hmm. got a Second round pig, mid. So I'm like, me being me, not knowing, I'm like, I ain't going here. So I'm leaving the airport. I got this big leather duffel bag with the nice, you know, Cleveland Browns helmet on it. They gave yeah. me a ton of stuff. I'm at the airport, uh, getting ready to leave and come back to Florida. I'm like, man, they're they not going to draft me. I throw the shit away at the airport. Damn. It's like, what? Like, what type of. Like what was I on, bro? Like my, my, my dad to this day still be wearing random what St. Louis Rams gear. Man. Like, and, and lo and behold, they move up, they draft me, and it's no secret Cleveland ain't won. They just you know start winning as of late, but like yeah, bro, that was those eight years were rough. Those eight years felt like eleven. You know what I mean? Because yeah. the stress, you know, just being playing on the defense and. You know, not having an offense and playing double the amount of snaps. And y'all, y'all had some years when y'all had y'all had some good good defenses too. And, and I was gonna, I was gonna ask you about that. Like, you know, what I mean, like, what what do you think it was? You know what I mean? Because I remember playing you guys, and 
you know, I mean, has some has some talent over there. But what do you think it would have took for y'all to get over that hump? Yeah, no continuity, man. It was like a, 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 a carousel of coaches and front office and different mindset. Anytime you, you, we all know it. Anytime you bring in a new head coach or a new GM, they want to get rid. of They feel like anyone that's currently there, unless you're a, a stud player, you're yeah, part of yeah. the problem, part of the solution. Yeah. So we get rid of you and try to find the ABs and the D butts to come in and replace you. So with that, it was just always a constant turnover. Because we had the players. I agree. We had some great players. Yeah. We just – everyone thought they could reinvent the wheel, man. It just – it was a repeat cycle after cycle after cycle. And quite frankly, when I got older and realized, like, wait a minute. Are we in the business of, like, winning or we in the business of, like, stockpiling draft picks? Because yeah. if you've ever been to a Cleveland Brown game, whether it was this past year or 10 years before that, the, the, the stadium was always packed. Packed. Yeah, Always sold out. Like, they may boo you about the, after the second half when the game is no longer in reach, but Cleveland fans are diehard fans. So yeah. if I'm an owner, if I put my business hat on, hell, I don't have to go out here and overindulge in free agency because I'm hitting my quota. I'm not paying a million dollar quarterback. I'm selling out every for eight games a year. I'm making my concession money. I mean, that's the way I start to look at it, and that's when I had the opportunity to leave um, you know, it was a mutual. It, I knew they were going to release me. I had a big bonus coming up, and they mm-hmm. did right by me by giving me a call, and we talked it out. And you know, it, it was it, it is what it is. But I mean, I had some. You know, I still know a lot of people in Cleveland. Listen, I grew up from a, I was a young man to a to a um, grew into a, a young man with no experience to a guy that's been through a lot. You know, I tore both my pecs there. Mm-hmm. I signed a four year deal coming out of college and. You know, in my third year, going into my third year, the GM at the time, Phil Savage, he stopped me in the hallway, bro, and was like, listen, if I'm here next year, you will have another deal. We will sign you to an extension. So going into your third year. Yeah. You hit as a young man, the GM is telling me this in the yeah. hallway. We're crossing paths. I'm like, oh, bet. This is going to work. Tell my pet. Next year comes around. New, new coach comes in. I'm thinking they're going to, I don't know, I'm learning the business now. You know, mm-hmm. I know what promise to you in the former regime doesn't mean a damn thing when the new regime comes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had to learn the hard way, man. Then I ended up getting hurt again, tearing the other pack. So now we're coming up on a lockout year. Mm-hmm. And I'm supposed to be in a, you know, I was spending money that I didn't have spending money like I was going to sign this other deal. Yep. You know, other things in my life were falling apart. Like I felt like this can't be happening to me, bro. This yeah. cannot be happening to me. I was, I was like, I was, in my mind, I had hit rock bottom, man. I didn't know whether or not I was ever going to play again. And D, but you saw a different version of me in Indy. I was a yeah. different professional, taking care of your body, eating right, sleeping right, all that. But yeah. before I got injured, man, I was out here like most guys in the NFL that we know about in the offseason. You go travel, you do whatever, and, and oh, you look at your clock. Damn, I got two weeks before training or before we got to head back. I'm gonna start working out. That was me. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't the strongest, fastest. Yeah. Hear that? So I felt like that contributed to me getting injured. So I made a deal with myself, man. I went to, I flew out to IMG. I stayed out there, bought a, a condo out there. I talked to a therapist there, um, and they basically like deep, like reprogrammed me. And yeah. like, now 
okay, hell, if this is what you want, then why are you doing X? It, they made it make sense for me, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? It, it, listen, it was the best thing that probably happened to me, man, because it completely changed my career. So I was sleeping in hyperbaric chambers, watching films. Yeah, I was about to say, I remember yeah. when you came when you came to Indy, you was, you was yeah. on all that. You was on, on your LeBron shit early. No, I, was, I was on it, bro. Yeah. I, what put me on to that was, I remember, remember the year um, T.O. was with Philly. He had broke his, like, tibia. His tibia, yeah. And he got back to the, I think that's the year they made the, was it the Super, Super Bowl? Bowl. Yeah. yeah, and he balled out. And then I remember reading quotes about him after the season. He was like, yeah, I contributed a lot of my recovery to this hyperbaric chain. And me, I'm at the time, I'm injured. I'm like, I started, I was on my computer, I'm like hyperbaric chain, what the, what the, man. And then I realized how much it costs and I had to make a decision. I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta do it, bro. It's either all or nothing. And yeah. you know, it, it worked out, bro. Like, whoo, that shit gives me chills even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, I got, I got anybody who I know use that swear by that thing. Tay, 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 Tay swear by. <laughs> he said I'm sleeping that thing to this day. I would say two people. I think Anthony Gonzalez. He came from Ohio State, and he had them. He had folks come into his, um, his bedroom and yeah. do something in his bedroom so he didn't have to sleep in the chamber. And then when Tay, and then when Tay came, yeah. So I, I, I could never. I never really got into it, but like like D Bus said, I know everybody that 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 had once and spoke highly of it. Like you won't get into it unless you need it, right? Like I was injured, bro. I was I was so desperate. I was like, I will do whatever I can to get back to this league, making money, yeah. I can hit it big and strike gold. And I was like, I'm doing whatever. D Butter tell you, man, listen, I'm the type of dude. If you think it worked, I'll try it. I might, I might borderline. It might be borderline illegal, but if yeah. they don't know, you know what I mean. I was like, any means necessary. So, yeah. I, and I'll be honest with you, I'm the type. Listen, if it's gonna make me X amount of dollars, and if I fail a drug test once, <laughs> then it was worth it. <laughs> it was worth it. Hey, to keep it a buck, though. That, that's how a lot of people think. Well, it's only four games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> That, that's how. Listen, that's we, we got bodies to a blender every day to do this. Yeah, not only for the game, but the 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 practices. You know, when we was playing early on, we didn't have these rules where you couldn't hit, you couldn't wear full pass. Yeah, only no, we got the banging. So I had to, I had to adapt. I had to yeah. adapt, man. Especially, especially when you get into them to them older years, you're like, all right, yeah, man, gonna try to turn over every stone. Um, right. You know, to survive and keep playing at that level, um, it was certain Ooh, things bro. that I was definitely I wouldn't try, but I knew, and that and that kind of opened my eyes to a whole new thing in the league. Like, cause I didn't know, all I knew was you know get it out the mud, work, you know do this, do that, and then when you get into obviously it's a it's, it's a big boy business, billions of dollars a year. So I'm seeing people, you know, flying in doctors and, and their own chiropractors and their own this and that, and getting IVs and you know, you know, uh, all type of shit. So I'm like, okay, this this is what the big, this is what this is what the real big leads is. And I had to start investing in doing different things and get like on that regimen. So, um, but if you start that type of stuff younger, you can definitely prolong your your career at a high level. And I ain't gonna tell you to do nothing illegal like DQ. <laughs> nah, don't do that. No, no, no. But I mean, it's you gotta weigh you gotta weigh your risk and reward, man. 
Yeah, right, yeah. Y'all got to do your homework for sure. They definitely, they definitely on the fast track now, though, as far as like collegiate athletes, high school athletes, just oh, yeah. what what they have available to them versus what we had. You know what I mean? Like you said, like IVs and uh, massages. Like I didn't, I didn't get my first massage, so I was in the <laughs> probably my. My second year in the league, like you know what I'm saying, like yeah, dry needling, dry needling, yeah, like I, I, I'm like, I'm not just about to put a needle, like nah, right, right. but just like you said, having that knowledge and not knowing. So, they so that, that, that's one thing that I wish I would have, because I was so into it. Because in Cleveland, you gotta remember, I played with Jamal Lewis at one point, and mm-hmm. if you know anything about Jamal, like he was. He was like a doctor. He had his PhD and all of this like recovery type of methods and what have you. So when I was young, I would always hang out with the older guys and I would sit in the house and they got a doctor, uh, they're doing IVs, they're doing this, they're doing that. And over time, I didn't see them. I was just, I wanted to hang out with them. Over time, mm-hmm. those guys started to slowly either retire or no longer be in the league. And I kept those relationships open with those nurses. So. You know, you, you ask guys that play with me in Cleveland, they would come over my house on Friday because I had the chiropractor, I had the masseuse, I had the stretch lady, yep. Yep. I had the IV lady. And it was all legal. And I'm not condoning doing anything illegal. It was all yeah. legal. And it was all to help you recover. Yep. And I just, I got into it, man. And it just kind of stuck with me. And uh, yeah. yeah, so those are the type of things from an investment standpoint. Like if it comes to do it, like I'm all into those type of things, man. Cause it's something I, I love doing. Yeah, it is. Take care of your to. body. <laughs> take care of your body. Your body gonna take care of you, baby. That's a fact. I had an old head tell me uh in New England. He was like, all right, because I, I was about to play TO. And this is what TO was in Cincy. So this is an older TO. Right. And uh, he was like uh old head had been in league for 13, 14 years. So, all right, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, it's still out there. You out there on Gatorade to you out there on jet fuel. <laughs> it's, a di- it's a different ball game out here, deep boy. And my first real exposure to it, now that I think about it, my second year, I hurt my hamstring. And um, matter is Brady, Brady, right hand man, the dude Alex, little, yeah. uh, little Spanish, I think it's Alex mm-hmm. Guerrero. Yeah, man, I'm in a meeting. And this dude used to, he used to have his own office in New England. He came out wow. the door, boom, took me out of me. And I was supposed to miss the game. This was like a Thursday or something. Man, this dude did some shit. I was out there Sunday running like, no, I'm like, yo. Like, and you know your body. You know if you pull a muscle, you pull something. Like, ah, yeah, this probably going to be like two weeks. This yeah. Bro, two days. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So now looking back at it, now I can see, okay, I can see how he's still playing at a high level at 43. Still right. winning Super Bowls, you know it's bigger than just it's bigger than work. You got to work. Yeah. Built for it, man. Some dudes I know a dude played my buddy Eric Barton. He played 12, 13 years. I don't know if I ever seen him get a massage. I'm like, how he was yeah, never yeah. injured. That's true. You yeah. definitely got people like that too. Guys yeah. are just freaks. And then guys like myself, like if I didn't take care of my body that way, I would I wouldn't have lasted, bro. I can almost yeah. promise you that I would not have lasted. But the rules are different now. The rules are set up for, you know, they're taking the aggression away. Um, yeah, you know, taking a lot of violence yeah. out of Yeah, they're taking a lot of violence out of the game with the quarterbacks. Like, how are you going to try to strip the what, you know, most guys, if you can sack the quarterback, you're taking what they do best away from by not being yeah. able to land on the quarterback? 
Right. Aren't we playing football? Like, well, I don't get or it. Even, or, or even being able to hit hit receivers and, and, and tight ends and people right, crossing, right. you know, crossing the field. Like, I remember back in the, when I first came in the league, like, crossing routes. Man, what? So, oh. I got a cat like DQ in there. Hey, lurk this cross. Hey, you know, you wasn't even trying to – you just trying to touch him up. Wow. Wow. <laughs> without the ball. You can't do none of that no more. You had a different respect for the receivers who going across the middle back then. No you know what I'm back saying? Because sure. it was it was only a it was only gonna be a handful that would be willing to do it. You know what I'm saying? Some yeah, had to do it, but some was like really like, yo, I, I I'll take that rep. But mm -hmm. now everybody is running around like, man. <laughs> yeah, bro, bro. I remember, man. I was in a conference where Heinz Ward was at his finest of crap backing everybody, bro. Yeah, I've seen this man. You know how, like, if you have a defensive call and you got to check amongst this oh, call. Oh, yeah, Heinz, well, yeah, yeah. Call saying, we had this call called play it. Hey, we're not going to check. Play it. Play it. Right? So the play happens. Heinz Ward cracks one of our DBs. The man was stiff on the ground doing the play it call, bro. Oh, like, he was man. just – Heinz Ward used to pick him apart, bro. He used to Ooh. pick him apart. So that was how I learned how to play the game because they used to always crush us. I'm like, man, now we got to play – we got to play physical. Even our receivers. That AFC North was different. different. Yeah. So when you took that, you take that away, it was like, I knew my, my time was limited, bro. Because I was like, I'm not, I can't run with these running backs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to adapt, bro. Hey, D-Buck, you got me over top. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. I can't run with <laughs> hey, hey, we did, hey, we we did a lot, a lot of communicating out there. That was, that was I, a I, must. I, I would apologize, bro, at, at Indy, because y'all had to cover for me a lot. Bro. Oh my God! <laughs> hey, nah, Hey, listen, no, nah, I can be honest, bro. No, nah, cover four when I gotta. They tell me lock the tight end. Hey, hey, that's real, man. Hey, like, hey, put, some, got, put some hands on. Hey. hey, put some hands on him or something. Tell the the out the D in or something. I would panic once I start trailing. I'm panicking, bro, because that I don't live in that world. Yeah, oh, that's when you got to adjust, man. You got to lock that. Hey, Tay, you lock back there. We, we, we got, we got, we got hey. three vert on this. You got to adjust, man. You no question. But going back to that, though, so 2014, you know, that was that was our best year as a defense, as a team. I think we had went, um, you know, a, a street with like a crazy third down percentage. We was holding teams. We went like four for like 49 or something on the stretch. And, um, you know, got all the way to the championship game. The infamous, um, what was it called? The flake game. The flake game. You, you you started that too. You started yeah, that, that was exception. So what? So so how did that whole thing turn into that? Did you get the ball and like? Did you like? Was it you? Like was it the equipment guy? Who who started the flake game? Well, I don't. It wasn't me. I can tell you that because I remember. You know, we watch. We have film study and we know in the red zone if 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 Rump was was going motion. You know, he's getting the ball. He's streaking up the field. Oh, yeah. You know, he's on that, that little fringe area. And so when the play started, excuse me, when the play started, I knew. I'm like, oh, it's cover four. I'm going to have to – this going to be me. And if my yeah. back is through to Brady, he's throwing. So play develop. Grunk takes off. I line up with him. I get close enough so I can turn around. And just – I was lucky enough for me, it was a bad – it was a poorly thrown ball. Because when I turned around, the ball hit me in my hip as opposed to high and over the top. Yeah, so yeah. I get the ball. Uh, I'm excited. I'm out. I picked off Grunk or picked off Brady. AFC Championship game. We're going to the Super Bowl in the hell now. 
I, 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 <laughs> I shoot the ball, <laughs> the equipment staff, right? And that's it, right? So we yeah. play the game, lose. And so that night, because it was a late game, I set up a driver to pick me up at the airport and end it. In my mind, I'm thinking we're going to win. We're going to have some out. We're going to go out. We get back. Yeah, I ain't a fool. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. I'm doing it right Cause we had beat we had beat Peyton the week before, the week before in, in yeah. Denver, in Denver, and that was yeah. a ride. We ooh man, that was one of my best moments, bro. So oh, yeah. uh, so after I get so after we get back from the game in Indy, the driver who I use all year long, I guess they was talking about it on the radio or something. It had already started, like the whispers yeah. had already started. So he's asking me, you know, I'm mad because we lost and all that. I don't really want to talk, and you know, it's late. He was like, hey, uh, so did you know? I was like, did, did I know? Did I know we was going to get our ass with? Like, what you talking about? <laughs> talking about? He was like, did you know the ball was was under, was was deflated? I'm like, the ball? Like, what you, what? I had no idea what he was talking about, bro. And then he, you know, turned up the radio. He started, you know, started reading articles. It was already out. I'm like, nah, I don't know nothing about this. And they kept tagging my name. Yeah. Uh, to, yeah. And I went to Frog and, and them guys like, hey, the ball is underinflated. Check the ball, even though I got to worry about Tom Brady and Gronk and everybody else on the other side. Yeah, of the field. That's the last thing you know think about going on with football, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, it's funny when I get so that year, um, I was able to make the Pro Bowl, and at the Pro mm-hmm. Bowl, um, Harbaugh stopped me, head coach at Baltimore. Apparently, yeah. we had a real quick conversation. Apparently, they were complaining about it the week before. Because they, you know, the week before, and I guess it was something that this wasn't new to anybody but me, apparently. You know, oh, and I had known about it either. I, I, I ain't know about it either. Yeah, I, I, maybe it was in their world. Like, yeah, we yeah. were trying to deal with this or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I guess I looked at it as people trying to, like, you know, knock the kings off the throne type of stuff. Like, it didn't have any validation. Yeah, that, 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 air, that air pressure ain't have nothing to do with that ass <laughs> whooping. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, Walter, I, I hate to say it, but what was, yeah, no. was, was the final score of that game? Yeah, 45. A lot to a little. Yeah. No, this is when I knew the game was over. Not, not and it, it was that, it was a game going into probably the going first into the half. Three and out. Yeah. For, oh, three and out. This is yeah, you, yeah. I know you know what I'm about to say. So yeah, they that, that, that turned the time. Up Josh Cribs, who is the best returner, one of the all-time greats. Yes. He getting ready to feel the point. It goes off his head, AB, mm. and they recover. And we giving the ball back to their offense. Offense. The first, first three and out on the road. Out. We eat on the sideline. We got him. Da, 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 da. <laughs> when that mess happened, bro, when Josh walked off, man, I wish there was a camera to see my eye. Bro, I was looking through his soul. Through his soul. That was your former teammate, too, right? Yeah. 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 I spent a lot of time like, in the you Oh my gosh, bro! Yeah, that hurt. Yeah, that hurt. It hurt, bro. And it's funny that that whole deflate gate, man. I got so I think that year or a year after, one of my agents, he's around like our age, and he was getting married in Boston because his wife was from there, and so he invited me to the wedding, and he was like, "Listen, I'm not telling anybody who you are. Uh, You know, just I want to keep it that way. Just low profile." I'm like, "All right, cool." I ain't think nothing of it. Like I didn't. I was like, okay, you don't want people knowing you got a football player. I, I don't know. Whatever. I'm yeah. gonna have a good time, eat, drink, and have a good, listen to music. Whatever. 
So I get there and the his wife's uncles are like, they getting drunk and they start getting sloppy. And, and it was like, hey man, what, what's your name? <laughs> I didn't even say anything. He was like, oh, that's, your last name is Jackson, right? I was like, yeah, 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 I'm Jackson. He was like, you're the motherfucker that, that told me. <laughs> Coming at me, bro. Like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah. nah, it, it happened like that. Like, they, they didn't want to hear that. They was drunk. Yeah. Like, I had to leave, bro, because then it started getting around, and like, people in Boston take that shit seriously, bro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they don't leave. Leave, boy. I had they to leave, leave, man. I was like, okay, okay, this is this is serious, and the Colts ain't doing nothing to say, hey, it wasn't him. They just gonna let me take the they got so, all the yeah. shots. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it it's fun to talk about now, man, because I love doing a uh, a video for uh dear Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, dear Tom Brady. They let me have fun with that. So that was cool, man. But yeah, it's something that's going, you know, I still don't have that ball. I don't know where it is. Uh oh, yeah, somebody I, uh matter of fact, somebody, 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 somebody got that. that. Somebody got that. John, John J. Jonathan court, did you ever receive the ball you intercepted? That's crazy. So that's what where is that? The Hall of Fame? Yeah, I wanna I wanna have that ball part of my collection. Somebody, somebody got that. Yeah, we yeah, got man. we definitely gotta find that because that's the that's still count. That's a playoff, that's a playoff interception off Tommy Boy. Yeah, right, yeah, first yeah. playoff, you know, experience ever. I'm putting yeah. that out there, man. They need to start adding them on um, playoff picks, man, to career yeah. picks, man. Yeah, they're all your stats. Like, why not? I mean, why it's not? Simple. You still touchdowns, rushing, whatever. They need to add all of that, man. So that, that's a weird little rule or whatever. Because I know, uh, like Reggie, he holds some record. Reggie Wayne, he holds yeah. some record. You know Definitely what I'm saying? Playoff, I'll I'll play playoff. And he's been overlooked for this Hall of Fame. They need to get that right, man. But you know, that's a whole nother topic. But yeah, uh, yeah man, it, it was that was that was a fun year, man. That, was, that really was. That was a fun year. Uh, it's funny leaving Cleveland and walking into the Colts facility, just the the locker room, game day locker room, and seeing all the plaques and the the, the conference titles and championships mm -hmm. and all that. At the time, Cleveland didn't have any of that. They had all the old time greats, yeah. and you know all of them. But like walking into a Colts facility, in my eyes was like, man, you got to win here. Like yeah, everybody tells you win at this place. Oh, hey, San Fran hating like shit. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Said it's out San Fran hating. Oh, the San Fran hating like shit. Like, God, man. <laughs> man. It's I remember we played Boston. I mean, not Boston. We played Cleveland that year. We were losing to Cleveland. And I just remember, uh, I remember you and it was somebody else who had been in Cleveland. Oh, uh, Mike, matter of fact. Pop, yeah, he was like, don't trip. They're going to fuck it up. They're going to fuck it up. They're going to fuck it up. We're going to win. The whole game. We was there the whole game. I'm like, yeah, yeah. hey, good. Trust me. Right, right. Lord right. be right. on. As the game went on. They went straight it up. Oh, yeah, right. it off, but, uh, and that's just what happened. Mike got a pick to seal the game, matter of yep. fact. Yep. Big pick. Yeah, they're going to trick it off. They're going to trick it off. They don't know how to win, man, but hey. they're doing good now, man. They got a nice little setup. Uh, Andrew Berry doing a good job over there. Great job. Uh, you know, the, the ownership, I don't know if you know, the ownership, the Haslam, they were um, like minority owners with the Steelers for many years. So they know how to win. They've been around it. It was just a matter yeah. of time getting the right people in there. You know, Baker Mayfield, whether or not I think he's the long-term answer or not, he's the answer right now. 
I mean, it, it's been, it's been, you know, I, we know that that uh, that Browns jersey that we always see every year when they cross out and put another quarterback on there. If you if you Andrew Brady, you lock you lock Baker Mayfield, especially with everything that's going on with this quarterback carousel, you lock uh, Baker up for the for the long term. You see him as a future. I I would. So the the short answer to that is yes, but if I'm in Andrew Barry's position right now with the possibility of Deshaun Watson being available and all these, you know, you have to at least have a conversation about it. Even whether we think he could be a good fit or not, you got to have a conversation about it because my opinion about Baker, he's made the next, he made enough of a jump this past year and Steven Stefanski figuring out what he does best. I think the rollouts, giving him, putting him on the move, having a steady yeah. dose of that running game helps yeah. him see the field and open it up. But yeah. you know, it, you can, you can, if I'm Andrew, you make a friendly uh, contract deal where it's not long term, it's short term. You give him some money, you don't break the bank, but you, you at least position yourself so uh, you keep every that culture intact. Because if you were to move him right now. You would need mm-hmm. a You would need someone that you know is a surefire hit you know. to, come in and yeah. run that football team. If not, you lock them in short term, see how it works out. Similar to the the Jared Goff situation, they signed to a short term deal, team friendly deal. They moved in when they felt like things weren't moving in the right direction. So um, I do think they have a good formula. I do think you know, it, even though it's not what we how we see the rest of the league playing football, but we all know we play the game. You cannot when you can run the football and play good defense. Yeah, you got, you got a chance. You got a chance. You got a chance. All the time. Yeah, yeah. You look at Pittsburgh. They started eleven and zero, throwing the ball like crazy. Then when they came crunching time, they could they they had no other answer. They couldn't run the football, and they got manhandled by the Browns in the in the postseason. Where that was something that was new to me. I had never seen that before, ever. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, they, they got something good going. They got a lot of young players, and I'm sure they got a lot of draft capital, which they always have. And if I'm in, you got to entertain this Deshaun. Well, I know everyone's talking about Deshaun and, and Miami uh, and or, uh, yeah, and Chicago. I think it's good looks, but if I'm Deshaun, Chicago isn't necessarily my top pick because if they don't figure out the quarterback position, there's a good chance those guys could be, be – Fired the next year, so right. you know you got to go to a place that has some sort of stability. But um, you know, if I'm Andrew, I, you got to entertain, have a conversation about Deshaun. But I don't think he's going to move, make a drastic move like that when you finally reach the playoffs. And not only that, you won a playoff game, and not only that, you've been in like over a decade to the playoffs. So I don't think he wants to shake that up too much. Especially like you said, they don't have a loyal fan base. So oh yeah. You go, but I'm actually just one one question. We're gonna get one question from one of the man to man OGs, Van Albright. Okay, uh, Uncle DeQuell, what's the hardest hit you laid on someone? Man, you know what? Who, who was it? Man, you know, anytime I played uh uh Chris, what's the name? Chris uh played Tennessee running back. Uh Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Bro, mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I used to play mad against him, bro. And I used to try to do some dirty shit too, man. Like try to rip his helmet off and just, just unnecessary stuff, man. And we yeah. always had battles for whatever reason. Um, but yeah, he was probably, I know I got him pretty good. Every time I, we used to play, I used to make sure he knew who hit him. And I used, yeah. to, you know, and I used to do a little, you know, I was wild and, 
you know, crazy when I was younger, man. So yeah, it'd probably be Derek. There. Was was it anybody? Sorry, Chris Johnson. Was it anybody who um who got you early on? Did you have, did you have that welcome? Yeah, welcome to the league, most. I already know that. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. He had. He was playing. His name is Alan Fanica, bro. Ooh, Alan Fanica. He just went to the hall, right? Just went to the hall, yeah. and I never forget it, bro. It was it was you know we were in the red zone. I got my number called the blitz up to like A or B gap or the A gap. And, you know, it's like third down. You know, I was like, oh, okay, I finally get my shot to show what I can do blitzing. And, you know, now that I know, well, I didn't know at the time. So basically, Allen, you know, you help the, the tackle, right? You block out the help the tackle because you have no one threatening. He yeah, blocked the tackle. And I see the hole just open up like the Red Sea. Man, I'm licking, if you if I if I could touch my fingers, I'm licking my my, my lips trying to get through. The, I'm like, this shit is opening up. I'm about to save the day. And lo and behold, he peeled back. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I lifted. They had to come get me. They had to come get me. Ooh. They scored. Chad Johnson scored. But I'll never forget going back and watching that. And the coach was like, yeah, I told your ass. Like, these linemen, they're smart. They don't just do things just to yeah, do it. It's yeah. This guy, Alan Fanica. You yeah, know, for a reason. And that's when I I started thinking about the league a lot different. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to manipulate these guys. Yeah. Show them yeah. something. Yeah. Do something else. Yeah. So, and that was, that was my welcome to the NFL moment, bro. It, 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 it crushed me. It crushed me. They never they never called my number that, that rest of the year. Doing that. <laughs> bro. Yeah. Hey, but that but that's real though, because I I had that happen. I ever had that happen to me too, man. Like hole open up, you think you running free yeah. the whole time. All they doing is helping, but they at the they eyes is on you. Right. Yeah. And, and your yeah, riff game is you zeroed in on the quarterback. You see that quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, they had to come get me. Come get him. Yeah, them them the times where you sit in that lunch and you sit down with the old lineman or the quarterback and be like, right. just like Start asking them questions like, man, look, what <laughs> living that, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't survive with this. How my life gonna be in this hey, league? Hey, man, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you joining the show. Yeah. Definitely gonna have you back, man. But it's just sure. fun, man. Always good catching up, catching up with you know old teammates. You know, obviously we stay in touch. Um, mm -hmm. Appreciate you, man, and good luck with everything you got going on, family, everything, man. Yeah. yeah hey, I, I gotta, I gotta get your number too, bro. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all about to be yeah. jealous. And I'm about to hit this Peloton and take some laps in this pool, man. Man, I just got. Oh, see, y'all got, y'all got to link up on the Peloton, yeah, man. Yeah. I, I, I just, I just got off that Peloton before I got hey, on here. For what we did, all the pounding, bro. You can do it every day. You won't feel like the stress in your hips and your joints. Like I, I like that joint, bro. I yeah. love that joint. I'm trying to get yeah. D Butt to get on there, man. I'm gonna hey, get on. Bro, what, 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 I gotta get your name, bro, so we can follow each other. Yep, yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. I'll once Peloton cut cut this check to the man to man part, I get one. Hey, yeah, right. yeah. y'all yeah, Peloton. We done gave y'all three free commercials now. Peloton, stop playing. <laughs> Real shit. <laughs> Very true. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, appreciate All right. you, hey, bro. All right, y'all. Boom, boom. There you have it. Another uh, another episode of Man to Man Pod. Great interview. Big bro to Quell, man. Um, AB. Man, appreciate y'all. 
We'll be man. back. What's today? Uh, Thursday. We'll be back Thursday. next week. Next week, See y'all man. on Monday, man. That's going to be the new schedule going forward, Monday and Thursday. Uh, we'll, live, we'll be live when we can be, and we'll pre-record some stuff as well. But I uh, appreciate y'all. As always, man. Y'all have a good one. Go. Thank you.